As we continue to live in this time, we have to ask the question, where can we go to find true safety? And so today we're going to be looking at Psalm 91, and we're going to find a place of safety under God's wings. Yeah, the psalmist and other parts in Scripture begin to describe God using sort of like kindergarten language, using terms and attributes towards God, helping us understand who God is. So today we're going to see in Psalm 91 that God has wings, not literally, but it's a metaphor, it's a great image to help us understand where we can find true safety. So today is Psalm 91 as we continue our series in the book of Psalms, and I'm entitling this message, Living Under God's Wings, Three Lies and Three Truths About Safety. So we'll look at these three lies, and of course we'll have some truths there as well. So let's get started. Psalm 91. I invite you to read along with me as you're joining us here in worship. Psalm 91 reads, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. So again, today we're talking about living under God's wings for safety. That's what Psalm 91 is about, is finding safety. And so I want to look at some lies around safety and some truths about safety. So three lies. The very first one here is if God really loved you, you wouldn't experience suffer. Yeah, that's a lie that we can tend to believe. If God truly loved you, he wouldn't let you suffer. And the truth is, God does love you and mysteriously allows you and I to go through suffering. So God promises to protect you through your suffering. He doesn't keep you having a life absent of suffering. I mean, you and I just read this passage together. Listen again to verse 3, that you're going to get rescued from every trap. And God's going to protect you from every deadly disease. Verse 5, don't be afraid of the terrors of the night. Verse 6, 
Don't dread the disease that stalks in the darkness. Verse 10, no plague will come near your house. See, this, this sounds like great stuff, right? I mean, wow, how incredible. All, all this sounds like, these sounds like wonderful promises. Now, how does this relate to the real world that we live in? And what about the other parts of Scripture that clearly talk about suffering? Now, the sad thing is that for most people, whenever they read the Bible, they read these promises about God, that God's going to protect them, that God's going to keep them safe, yet their lives are full of disease and chaos and suffering. And the world and the culture that we live in, many people are still being shot and killed. Many people are still going to prison unjustly. There's lots of injustice in our world. And so that leaves a lot of people full of unhappiness. It leaves a lot of people reading these promises of God but feeling angry and feeling confused and sometimes they pull away from God because it looks like a total contradiction. So what about the entire book of Job? If you've read the book of Job, you know exactly what I'm about to summarize. If you haven't read the book of Job regarding suffering, I invite you to do so. But essentially have a a righteous man that loses everything, right? He's done what he's supposed to do. He's been righteous. He loses his family. He loses his possessions. He loses his own health. And then what about the persecution and the suffering of Jesus in the Bible? And what about the promise that Jesus gives his followers that they too will be persecuted and that they too will suffer in this world? Let me repeat lie number one, and that is, if God really loved you, God wouldn't let you suffer. That's a lie that you and I can believe. And and here's Satan himself who's using this very verse here in Psalm 91. That's right. When Jesus is tempted in Luke chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, you remember that Jesus was in the wilderness. He's there in the desert, and he's being tempted. And Satan quotes Scripture. Satan lies to Jesus about safety. And Satan quotes Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, And he says to Jesus, For God will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Do you notice Satan's strategy there with Jesus? Satan's strategy with Jesus is, Hey, if God really loved you, he wouldn't allow you to suffer. Satan wants to lie to you and me too. And Satan's strategy is the same with you and me as it is with Jesus, that he wants you and I to think that because you're a Christian, because you follow God, that God won't allow anything bad, really, really, really bad to happen to you. And so the devil's strategy is when, not if, but when bad things happen to you, you'll begin to pull back from God. You and I perhaps will begin to think that Christianity really doesn't work. God really doesn't work. These promises don't really work. And so here's an encouragement. Here's an encouraging truth for you and I to remember. 
regarding Bible reading, understanding the story of the Bible, interpreting the Bible. And that is when it looks, when it appears as though you have two opposing truths in Scripture. When it appears as though there are two contradictory verses or passages in Scripture, that we must reread that. We must seek a deeper understanding that God does not contradict himself. A few more examples of human suffering and God's purposes in the Scripture. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, we read about Joseph. Joseph was this person who was abused. He was enslaved. He's treated harshly. He's falsely accused. He's falsely convicted of a crime. And finally, Joseph says to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God used the very evil that you intended. God used it for good. Totally a mystery. Joseph simply meant that, yes, I had a family full of dysfunction. Yes, I had a life of privilege. Yes, I was spoiled. Yes, I was going in the wrong direction. But God even used all of that. God even kept me safe through all of that. And even the evil that was being done against me. God allowed, mysteriously allowed my suffering. Not because he hated me or not because God wanted to harm me, but because God loved me, God protected me through all of that to bring about his purposes, even though I didn't feel it, even though it didn't look like it. Another example is Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Notice that it doesn't say that all things are good. Some things are bad and some things are really bad that we have no explanation for. That bad things happen to good people. But it says here in this verse that God causes all things to work together. That God is even leveraging and using the evil and the bad things to work together somehow for God's good. You've heard people say, hey, well, every cloud has some silver lining in it. We just got to think positively about all things. That is so superficial. Uh, that, that, that little phrase and slogan just doesn't really work when we're truly suffering and we're looking for, desperately looking for a place of safety. Where is that place of safety? Another example here is in Luke 21, verse 16 through 18. Jesus tells his disciples that bad things are going to happen to them. But he'll be with them and he's going to keep them safe. He says, you'll be betrayed. Some of you are going to be put to death because of your faith. And yet not a hair of your head will perish. In patience, you'll possess your souls. What? Did you hear that? How can... How can he even say that, that you're going to be betrayed, some of you put to death, and not yet a hair of your head is going to perish? That in patience you'll possess your souls. Basically, that the Christian message is that in God's presence, that's where we have safety. That's the only safe place that there is, hiding underneath, taking refuge underneath God's wings. 
Underneath God's wings is not a place that's oppressive. It's a place of true freedom. And when we say freedom, we mean for all. We mean for all who take refuge in this sheltering God. God does not promise in response to that first lie that we're looking at here. God does not promise, I will protect you from all trouble. We know that's not true. People do get sick. Family members do suffer. People get attacked. People do get shot. People do get wrongly accused and imprisoned. Rather, God promises that I will protect you in all of those troubles. God promises I will protect you through all of those troubles. We need to be aware of another lie that sometimes we can be faced with and sometimes that we begin to believe. Yeah, lie number two is that safety and security comes from our superficial identity. Right, there are superficial identities that we take upon ourselves or that we hide in or we hide under those wings thinking that true security and true safety is going to come from those places. And the truth is that we find here in this psalm is that safety, ultimate safety, ultimate security comes from our identity in God alone. The sad reality about us is not that we look for safety and that we look for security. That's just part of our humanity. That's not a sad reality. That's a normal thing, that we look for safety, that we need safety, that we need shelter. The sad reality about our humanity is that we look for ultimate safety and ultimate security in our superficial identity. Let me give you a list of our superficial identity. And as I give you a list, I want you and I to be asking uh, this question. What superficial identities do I think will give me safety and security? Some of the superficial identities I'm referring to would be national identity. Yeah, a national identity. Looking to your national identity. Hey, I'm an American. That's what gives me my deepest sense of safety and security. Really? Or another superficial identity is gender identity. Being male. Feeling superior because of your gender identity. Feeling really safe and secure because of a gender identity. Or an ethnic identity. Being white. Or a physical identity. Being in shape. What about a political identity? You hear how superficial all of these identities are. Identities that we take upon ourselves, that we look to to give us safety and security. What about another one? Social class identity, like wealth. Or academic identity, our education, how much we know, where we get our knowledge from. And Psalm 91 wants us to know that the deepest identity in dramatic comparison to these superficial identities is the identity that God gives us. That's the truest thing about you. The truest thing about you is not that you're American. It's not that you're a male or a female or it's not your political affiliation. 
It's not where you graduated from. It's not your ethnic identity. These truths about God aren't true because of any of those superficial identities. These truths are true about God because God is God. Notice with me how widespread God's wings really are. How widespread God's wings really are to include others who are not American. See, God doesn't just love America. God loves all nations. God loves all peoples who are taking refuge under his wings. See, for Psalm 91 to truly be true, it must be true throughout history. That's right, Psalm 91 must be true throughout all history, throughout all times, and in all cultures around the entire world, not just true here in America. That's what makes Psalm 91 truly true, is that it transcends culture, transcends all of history, all time periods. Once again, I ask, what superficial identities do you think gives you safety and security? Another way of asking that is, what are you building your life on? Yeah, what are you building it on? Jesus gives a dramatic image, a parable in the Sermon on the Mount. In the New Testament, I invite you to read it. Matthew, first book in the New Testament, Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And he talks about the parable of two builders. And he's illustrating a wise person that builds his house on this solid foundation, this rock. And he contrasts that to a foolish person that builds their house on a sandy foundation, a superficial identity. And then what Jesus does is he illustrates, he says that the rains came, the storms came, as a way of saying that God causes to rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike. The storms came, and you know what the result is. We already know what the result is going to be for that house that's built on the sand and that house that's built on the rock. What is the result? Jesus says, great was the fall of the house that was built on the sandy and insecure foundation. And what does this mean for us? It means that God can tear down any, God can tear down any of those shelters that reveal that they're not really strong enough to give us true safety. And that God can tear down any of those shelters, any of those false identities as a way of being merciful to you. That's right, someone who perhaps goes through a financial ruin. A financial ruin could be could be a blessing if they're looking to their financial strength to find true safety and true security. What a blessing for God to take that away from them. What a, what a true blessing for God to rattle that shelter and to cause that shelter not to stand, to teach us that truly we can't hide under those wings. We can't get underneath that shelter and, tr and truly find safety and security. Essentially, what he's saying here is if, 
is if you love anything more than God or if you live for anything more than God. You are not safe. You're not safe if you're living just for country, if you're living just for yourself or just for your own reputation or just for your family or just for your marriage or just for your children or just for your career and your profession. You're not ultimately safe. You're trying to build a safety all by yourself. Now, how do you know when you're doing that? How do you know when you're doing that? Here's how we know. It's when circumstances come into our lives and they threaten to take that thing away from us. That's right. Circumstances, suffering, bad things happen in our lives and they threaten that very thing that we were looking to, that ultimate thing that we thought would bring us safety or security. And so when you feel like if that thing is taken away from you, I won't have a life left. I won't have a life worth living anymore. I won't have meaning left in this life if that thing is taken away from me. If God takes that shelter away from me. The Christian message is to experience true safety. To experience true safety and security by loving God more than all other things. By loving God more than everything else. Look at verse 1 and 2 here in Psalm 91. The psalmist speaks of God as a real person. He's talking about God as a real person. Real attributes. A God that you can know because God has made himself known to you. An intimate and personal relationship. He uses names here in verses 1 and 2 like the Most High God. High above every power is what that means. Dwelling in God's presence. Living in the most secure place that you could ever imagine. Being American is not the most secure thing for you to hang your identity on. He mentions another name of God, Almighty. See, this is what sustained Moses and brought the Israelites out of Egypt, that God was God Almighty, high above all other gods, truly a place of refuge, truly a place of deliverance and safety. Another name he mentions here is Lord, meaning Yahweh, another name for God. God told Moses his name, I am is my name. Very peculiar name to say I am. Basically meaning, if you're wondering what reality itself is, it's me. God is reality. God is truth. This name gives assurance to the I am with you. This God, the the Most High, the Almighty, the, the Yahweh, the I am God is with you. When you think about sheltering in this God, underneath God's wings, imagine this picture of these wings hovering all over you, all around you. How beautiful, how powerful. See, these names point to the divinity of Jesus. Yeah, these wings, these names begin to point, begin to get our attention moving towards 
Jesus and the divinity of Jesus in the New Testament. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it says, God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on Jesus the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is this Lord, this Almighty, this Yahweh that the psalmist is referring to. Jesus is God. Jesus fulfills all of this for us beautifully in the New Testament. The writer here also uses the possessive, my God, in verse two of Psalm 91. He says, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Again, the person of God. This is very personal with the psalmist. And we're invited, we're invited that our relationship with God would be that personal. He would be a refuge, a place of security for you. Yeah, that deepest part of your identity would be because you know and love this God. You know him personally. He's your refuge. He's that place of security. He's your fortress, that place of true protection. Lie number three that we're going to talk about right now. Lie number three says, hey, it's all up to you. It's all up to you to pursue this safety and security. So get out there. Go as hard as you can and pursue it. It's all up to you. That's a lie, by the way. And the truth is, it's God that covers you under his wings. Notice Notice the difference here of experiencing God's safety and security does not mean that you have to try as hard as you can. That this is a place that you have to go and find. That you have to have a position of merit. And it's because you've earned it through extra prayers or because you're a super holy person. And because you've done certain things to attain this place of safety and security. No, that's, that's the lie. That's, that's the lie. See, the truth is, is that God covers you under his wings. This is his work. So experiencing God's safety and security is based on what Christ has already done for you. Experiencing God's safety and security is abiding in God's presence. Abiding there, staying there, living there, living underneath those wings amidst suffering, amidst danger. See, instead of working hard to find that place of security and safety, imagine that place being brought to you. Right, imagine that, that place being brought to you even when you're not aware, even whenever you forget to call out for it. Instead of having to ascend to this place, quite literally ascend to, to heaven or to, or to ascend to God, God most powerfully right here is saying that God condescended. God came down to 
earth through the person of Jesus. What does this mean here for us? To shelter, it means that Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. Look in verse four of Psalm 91. It says, God will shelter you with his wings. See, it's God's wings that are a safe home where you can hide when you're feeling overwhelmed and fearful. Go home there. Rest there. It's God's wings are a place where you can enjoy stability in the midst of danger. Go to Him for your stability. It's God's wings that are a refuge when we're feeling exhausted. Go to Him. It's God's wings that are a place of peace where you can live and truly flourish. That's what Psalm 91 is talking about. See, the only way that we can be sure of God's protection instead of thinking that my suffering must be because God is punishing me. I must have done something wrong. I must not be doing the right things. Rather, the only way that can give me assurance of God's protection is, look at verse four. It says that God will cover you with his feathers. Once again, we see that God is the one who's doing this. This is about God's care, God's warm and protectiveness like this parenting bird, right? God's wings, once again, points us to the person of Jesus. Jesus uses this image of a mother bird covering her chicks. Jesus does this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, where Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, yet you were not willing. Jesus is like this mother bird, this caring bird, seeking to give refuge to all who would admit that they need this refuge, all who would admit that they need this safety and protection. He is like this mothering bird. See, the mother is being a substitute. The mother bird is being a substitute. That's what's so powerful here, that if the heat is coming down, it's the mother bird that's going to protect those little chicks from the heat. If the wind and the rain comes, it's the mother that's the shield. And if a predator comes, it's the mother that's the defender for these chicks. See, on the cross, Jesus is our defender. On the cross, we are truly hiding underneath those wings, those most protective wings of God to protect us for God's punishment against sin that we deserve. So on the cross, Christ is being punished. We are not being punished. So in closing, this summary, this summary of life under God's wings, verse 14, verse 14 of Psalm 91 says, trust in God's name. Trust in God's name. Don't trust in your own name. Don't trust in those superficial identities like which country, what gender, what ethnicity, what education, what social class. 
Verse 14 says, trust in God's name for your deepest identity. Cross-reference here is Psalm 17, verse 8, that says, Keep me as the apple of your eye, O God. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Hide me there. Keep me there as the apple of your eye. That's the safest place that I can be. Living life under God's wings, verse 15, says, Call on God. Call on God. Call out to God. God will answer you and be at your side at all times. This truly is Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus is fulfilling. And the indwelling Holy Spirit, God's presence with you, believer in Christ. Verse 16 says, God will satisfy you and give you his salvation. Now see, as we close here, there are a lot of God's promises a lot of God's promises that are fulfilled on the far side of resurrection, not on the near side of resurrection. What that means is some of these promises of being protected from harm we're going to experience in this life, and some of them we're not going to fully experience until Christ returns and fully, fully allows us to be securely placed underneath God's wings. This is not our home. This is not our true country. This is not our deepest identity. Our truest place of safety, our truest place of security is underneath and living underneath God's wings. Let me just close with a verse or a, a set of verses in Romans chapter 8. I encourage you, I deeply encourage you to go back and read all of Romans chapter 8. But I'm going to quote just a portion of chapter 8 here regarding this safety and security and where it comes from. I want these words just to give you a deep, strong, abiding sense of security and safety. Listen to these words. Listen to this promise from Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray right now as we give God thanks for these truths over these lies that we've discussed today and that we might live, live lives sheltered underneath God's wings. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the Psalms that remind us that God, you are our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And we pray that because you are our help, as the psalmist says, that we would sing in the shadow of your wings. 
Keep us as the apple of your eye. Hide us in the shadow of your wings. Be our rock of refuge to which we can always go. Thank you and we pray in the name of Jesus whom these wings represent. Amen.